Hello, and welcome back to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. This is episode four here at WNUR. I'm your host, Amit Malik, joined by Josh Burton and Bo, Andrew Bowen, but I like to call him Bo. Do you like to go by Bo? Yeah, most most, most of the time. Always, my always, parents hate it, but... Always an awkward introduction. Sorry for stepping over you, but we're happy to have <laughs> you uh, here. Josh, second appearance on the podcast. Bo, first time. Uh, let's get into it, guys. We're going to recap a series win for Northwestern over the weekend against Air Force. Uh, then we'll talk about USC and talk about Iowa, but let's just start with this Air Force series. Game one for the Wildcats actually wasn't great. They lost 11-3. to Guys, what went wrong in this first game against the, uh, the Falcons? Yeah, I was on the call for this one uh, for the radio station and the first half of that doubleheader on Saturday, and it was going pretty well for a while. Tommy Bordignon, who struggled this year after being very, one of the Northwestern's better pitchers, I would say, last year, he was going well for the first few innings, ran into some trouble in the fifth, gave up a couple pair of runs, but then in the sixth, just he got the first two outs of the inning, and then a walk, and then a bunch of other stuff happened. J.R. Reimer ended up coming in. He didn't get anyone out. And then Nick Cawley, the freshman, came in. And by the time that Cawley was able to get out of the inning, Northwestern had given up seven runs. Their initial 2-0 lead was gone. And the Wildcats really didn't have a chance after that. I mean, uh, that inning, it just was it, it was endless. And being on the call for it, it seemed even longer. And it kind of really showed that the Wildcats' middle relief is one of the bigger issues that this team has. Yeah, definitely. Pitching has definitely been suspect for Northwestern this year. I think they're... They have a lot of young pitchers, and they're trying to get them experience at the collegiate level. And it does take time, especially with pitching and how mental uh, that that position is. Uh, like you said, uh, Nick Colley, another freshman, came in, and he, he struggled in the one one and one-third inning he pitched. He allowed four hits, two runs, two both of which were earned, and he walked two guys. Uh, another problem for Northwestern in that game was definitely timely hitting. They had eight runners left on base. Um Actually, both teams did. Air Force had 11 left on base in that game. So definitely uh, timely hitting was an issue for the Wildcats in that game. And they were lucky, lucky to turn it around in the latter half of the series. But they, that was definitely the issue in that game. Yeah, that sixth inning was just crazy. <laughs> um, I'm looking here at what happened. Northwestern at one point walked in three straight runs. One one batter, I think it was Adam Grosbeck, the leadoff hitter for Air Force, got on base with a walk and scored. He just went station to station on walks. He completely scored without the ball being put in play, which I've never seen before. I mean, I've been watched my college baseball viewing has mostly been limited to Northwestern, but I had never witnessed that before. And it was just something that kept getting worse, and J.R. Reimer really took the brunt of that one. Yeah, a tough outing for J.R. Reimer. He got no outs and picked up four earned runs. What do you try to do in a situation like that where, you know, is like we, I think we could say this, like that's probably one of the worst innings ever that for this season that these guys have seen. Like, how do you, how do you avoid something like that happening? Like, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. At that, at that point, you just gotta, you just gotta keep cycling through pitchers if you're Spencer Allen until you can find somebody who can get you an out because. In Spencer Allen's mind, it's got to be just, I need to stop the bleeding right now because these walks are killing me. Because what happens is when you when you keep walking batters, your fielders kind of get out of it mentally. They just kind of, they, they, they aren't as focused because it's, oh, it's ball one, ball two, strike one, ball two, ball three, ball four. And 
your fielders get out of it, and then they're more prone to make an error if a ball is hit their way. So definitely in that case, you just got to look for somebody who can throw strikes, but it, it, it looked like as if it looked as if there wasn't really anybody who was you know commanding the zone that day. Yeah, one tough thing for J.R. Reimer is that when he came in, you know, he inherited a tough situation. In the middle of the Absolutely. count. Absolutely. In the middle of the count from Tommy. And their catcher, Dow, you know, hit one out to left field. And Joe Hoshite was right on was it. Was right on it, you know. Joe's not the fastest player, but he actually covered a lot of ground to make this play. And the ball, a solid outfielder. Yeah, solid outfielder. And the ball bounced right off of his glove yeah. on a diving catch. And you have to think, like, what happens if that, if that you know, wasn't the case, if he had just made that catch. But... I'm not saying he should have made it. You know, the fact that he was almost made it, I thought was a tough play. Really good defensive covering from him. And maybe Spencer Allen was thinking, you know, it's a long series. It's a three-game series. I don't want to use up in two days. I don't want to use up all my bullpen in game one. I might just bite the bullet on this one. I I don't know. I mean, you want to win every game you're in, sure. But I'm not sure. That was it was weird. I have to say. It's just thinking back to it, it felt like that sixth inning took forever. It, it, it did, and, and I mean, we've talked on the, on the podcast, we're always talking about, I mean, Bo talked about it before, Northwestern, a lot of young pitchers, the bullpen we knew was going to be a problem, but I just would like to point out that Tommy Bourdieu did look pretty good for five and two-thirds innings. He was on the verge <laughs> of a quality start, six innings, two runs given up, and then it was just that last, couldn't get that last out. I mean, we see it in baseball a lot. A lot of guys, I was listening to... Uh, something before about uh, Michael Pineda of the Yankees who last year just he was fine on with no outs and one out and when it comes to two outs inning he just struggled a lot and and sometimes games hinge on that like that's how baseball works and and for it looked like a really good start for Bordignon he struck out a bunch of guys he he didn't have his command in the beginning of the game had it for the the middle few innings and then kind of lost it towards the end but it was an impressive start, and then it kind of all get washed. It kind of gets washed out by that end, and you see that score eleven three. It's unsightly, and it kind of feels like you're losing all the positives from that initial good start. Yeah, by the time he hit that sixth inning, his pitch count was very high. You know, we don't have that with me right now, but remembering the game, I think it was up in the nineties when he got to those two outs. So maybe just finally hitting the threshold. That's enough of that game. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Uh, game two, dub, second game of the doubleheader, the twin bill. Uh, Northwestern came back from a 6-0 deficit to win 7-6. Um, just an awesome game for the Wildcats. What was different in this one, and how did they you know, pull off such an impressive comeback? Well, it, maybe it hasn't shown in the record. I mean, Northwestern's 8-19 now after the loss to UIC yesterday. But one thing this team has been able to do a lot is at least mount comeback efforts, even if they haven't always been successful. In late games, a lot of these ninth innings, the Wildcats <sighs> have been able to string a couple runs together. And maybe because of not getting a timely hit here or there, they haven't been able to push through and get wins. But this is just the resilience, I think, is something we have seen a lot. And, and it kind of showed yesterday. They went down, gave up. Hank Christie struggled, the freshman, gave up six runs in the first three innings. Northwestern in a 6-0 run early, and against a hot-hitting team like Air Force, one of the best-hitting teams in the country, you kind of think that you you have no chance in that game, but the bullpen, uh, the bullpen, Sam Lawrence and Pete Hoffman, six and two-thirds of shutout uh, relief work uh, to keep the Falcons in check, and Northwestern was just able to chip away here and there, a couple runs an inning here and there, and then as the game goes on and the bullpen... Uh, keeps runs off the board you gives yourself a chance to win and that ended up working out absolutely nine strikeouts total by the northwestern staff it was absolutely a turnaround 
uh, especially from the bullpen in that game, which was absolutely critical in stopping the bleeding from the first few innings and giving Northwestern a chance to come back in the game. Also, Northwestern tallied 11 hits, uh, most of, uh, what's it, uh, eight, actually nine, coming from their first four batters done through Hoshite. So they were absolutely able to get the top of the order moving in that game and absolutely able to get base runners on and move them over. Uh, famous quote in baseball is that the second game of a doubleheader is always the hardest game in baseball to win. Harder than Game 7 of the World Series because it's you're so drained at that point because you've already played a nine innings before that. Uh, and Northwestern was able to you know show a lot of mental toughness in this game, which I think is big from a young team uh, such as these Wildcats. Yeah, Sam Lawrence came in, pitched three scoreless innings. Pete Hoffman came pitched the last three at three and two thirds for the um, for the win. Um, really good stuff from the freshman Sam Lawrence. You know, he he's been acclimating to college baseball this season, but. After the game, he said he was just trying to keep his team close and in it, and that's all you could ask for. Offensively, you know, we mentioned the top of the order. You said 11 hits for those guys. Really impressive. Jake Schieber with the game-winning RBI. I don't know if any of you guys watched this, but that last at-bat was totally nuts. He got hit on the the leg, and I think there was maybe two strikes, one, two, whatever. Gets hit on the leg. And they don't call it a hit-by-pitch because they said it was a ball because he leaned into it. And the Air Force bench was getting very mad. The Northwestern bench was getting mad. Spencer Allen came out. They stuck with their call. That's a rule? In yeah, college? he like lead, he, lead, he leaned in. That's what they said. Get in, it would be called a strike, not a ball. If you lean if you lean into the pitch and get hit, that way it would not be called. It's usually called a ball. Yeah, he, he didn't swing at it. He just leaned in. It hit him, and they were like, "Well, it's not a hit by pitch." That's weird. But That's really weird. it would have been a ball. You just you just took it. So he ended up fouling off the pitches, worked a full count, and then blooped the game winning single. So a pretty dramatic moment for Jake Schieber. He had a good series, and Jack Dunn, you know, good performance for him. Three hits, two RBIs. Same with Matt Hofner. Good hitting from the Wildcats. Anything else you guys want to mention about this one? I know Pete Hoffman also had a great outing. I think that, I mean, you just look at the differences in the first two games, and obviously walks are not always uh, an embodiment of like a, a team strategy, almost. Uh, some games your pitchers just have the command, others they don't. But in the first game, uh, that doubleheader Northwestern walked 15 guys on Air Force, and the second game only four. Granted, that has a lot to do with Sam Lawrence and Pete Hoffman having command of their pitches, but I think that there's definitely a chance that Spencer Allen... Josh Reynolds, the rest of the coaching staff, told the pitchers in that 30-minute break, like, we need to challenge these hitters. I mean, Air Force has a bunch of 400-plus hitters, so they're, they're a very talented team. They can put up runs quickly, but if you're just if you're not, if you're taking the bat out of their hands and just putting guys on base and having them score just on walks, you're not even giving yourself a chance to win. So maybe, the, maybe Spencer Allen was like, guys, we just need to throw the ball in the zone, have them hit it, see what our fielders can do. Northwestern induced eight ground outs against... Uh, a strong hitting team like Air Force is not that easy to do. So I think maybe that might have been a little bit of a philosophical change uh, in that little break. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. I mean, just to echo that, I think Spencer Allen was definitely uh, saying to his staff that, you know, we got to pound the zone. We have to be able to throw strikes to these guys because they are good hitters, but walking them is doing even more damage because they're giving essentially a free base. So he's definitely 
his concern right now, especially with a young staff that he has and a young team overall, is we have to really command, be able to command our pitches, really be able to pound the zone. Yeah, for Northwestern, definitely a change in approach. and It's no easy feat to keep the fourth-best hitting team by average uh, in the country, at least before the series, off the board for six and two-thirds innings. Uh, there's something to be said, you know, Air Force definitely inflated a little their stats when they play at home in that uh, Colorado air. They hit about 100 points worse when they're not at home, but that doesn't mean they're not talented offensively. Let's move on to the last game of this series. Northwestern wins the the rubber match 3-2. Something especially dramatic happened this one. I'll let you guys take care of it. Yeah, the Connellan walk-off to left field. I, mean, I, don't, I don't remember when Northwestern's last walk-off uh, winner was I'm not, I don't have the information on that, but it was fun. And and after two games in which scoring was uh, happening, a lot, a lot of walks, a lot of guys on base. It was a nice pitchers duel, two two for uh, after uh, Joe Hoshite scored, uh, reached base in the eighth inning, scoring the tying run on an error by uh, Tyler Zabonik of Air Force. Yeah, it was just a, it was an old fashioned pitchers duel. It was a lot of fun. And Matt Gannon, another freshman for Northwestern, who's been pretty good this year. Uh, held Air Force in check for five innings, only giving up a run. And then Josh Levy came in, another freshman, and pitched six innings in relief and ended up getting the he, win. He, I actually was on the call for this game. Levy showed uh, amazing composure for a freshman. He looked like a seasoned veteran out there. We actually mentioned this during the game. Uh, yeah, he, you know, six innings, only four hits allowed, one run, one walk. Uh, really great work out of the freshman, especially in a game like this where. It was very cold game, pretty windy, so there's not going to be a lot of scoring. So it's it's really up to the pitchers to keep guys off base, keep them. And one big difference that we noticed during the game also was Northwestern would throw over to first a lot more than Air Force. Air Force was very uh, hesitant to throw over, whereas Northwestern was working uh, working base runners a lot more. I think there was also a caught stealing uh, by Northwestern. I believe I forget which inning it was, but uh, absolutely Northwestern did win that pitcher's duel, and of course you know the exciting finish to a great game at the end. Yeah, Connor Lind had you know not the best series, but came through when it matters. He he was in the DH spot. Uh, they gave Charlie Maxwell the hot corner, but coming through when it counts. He he just said you know the pitch hung up for him and he took a stab at it. First career home run for Connor Lind. I know he didn't want anyone to say that immediately after the game, but not someone that's hit a lot, but what a time to do it. Uh, Northwestern taking two games off of Air Force, a very talented offensive team. You know, obviously that's a good thing, but how how can it help this team as they, as they go forward this season? I think with uh, pitching is a lot about confidence, I think. I mean, you have to have the confidence to challenge hitters, especially really good ones. Just to give yourself a chance to get through innings quickly, you're not dancing around the zone or whatever. And for Northwestern, I mean, we keep talking about the young pitching staff. Confidence is important, and to go in a team like Air Force, they know what the stats are. They know that Air Force is a really high team batting average, top ten in the country, and to know that coming in, and to still go in and win those games the way they did, comeback fashion, with the bullpen after that, the struggles in the first game, with the bullpen kind of. Uh, shouldering a lot of that load, I think that's really important going forward, and uh, I'm interested to see how it goes, how that plays into Big Ten play as, as Northwestern hosts Iowa this weekend. Northwestern's 
pitching staff definitely showed a lot of composure, especially for being such a young group of guys this weekend, especially in that comeback win, the 7-6 to comeback win, and the 3-2 comeback win. They were able to keep Northwestern in the game. They were able to show really good command. Matt Gannon, as you said, early on in that third game of the series, was able to really locate his fastball and worked his breaking balls really well. So I think moving forward, Northwestern's pitching staff is really going to be their do or die. I mean, this is a team that can hit. We've seen that. The top of the lineup can really swing the bat well. Uh, and if, they, if they're hitting and really producing on offense, it's really up to the pitchers just to keep these games in check because they are a solid defensive team. I think you guys nailed it on the head. You know, good pitching from the Wildcats after, you know, the first game. And hitting-wise, Jack Dunn, I think, you know, the biggest story of the weekend, you know, his, re- his resurgence. He ended up with um, five hits, six, sorry, six hits, for the sophomore shortstop, and that's just good confidence for him as he's trying to get back into, you know, one of the leading roles on the team. Matt Hoffner, also a very strong weekend, also had six hits. And then Alex Arrow, pretty solid as well with four. We'll move on to the midweek game. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday evening. Tuesday night, the Wildcats traveled to UIC to face the Flames for the third time, and... It was not the charm, as they say. They faced Jacob Key, the freshman pitcher, and he had their number once again, a 3-0 loss for the Wildcats. Why is it so hard for them to beat USC, who is a talented team? Well, it's Key's third start. These teams have played each other three times this year. Key started all three games. He's won all three of them. Northwestern just not able to do anything against him, and it's not like Key's a real strikeout pitcher. He's only a freshman, too. He's just He forces Northwestern a lot of balls on the ground. Wildcats... 10 ground outs yesterday against Key. So out of the 18 outs that they made against him, 10 of them were on the ground. And, and you're really not going to go anywhere in college baseball if you're hitting the ball on the ground a lot because it's you're just not really forcing the, the defense to make as many tough plays in the outfield, which is where a lot of errors can be made. A lot of big hits come when you just hit, get the ball up into the outfield and make the outfielders make those plays. But when it's, it's weak ground balls to guys on the infield, you're just not going to be able to produce those base runners that you need, especially when you're not drawing any walks. Wildcats only drew, drew one walk yesterday, none of them against Key. Yeah, absolutely. Key, like you said, able to force a lot of ground outs, only two hits allowed. Also, a big stat uh, that we mentioned earlier, especially, no walks. That's huge. He's not a strikeout, but only in th- only in three strikeouts. Northwestern was only able to tally two hits in that game. You're not going to win a baseball game only getting two hits. I don't care if they're if you walk a bunch of guys in their grand slams. You're not going to consistently win baseball games if you can't get hits and get guys on base. Yeah, Jacob Keith pitched six innings. Probably could have pitched more, but had, I guess, a bit of a restraint from the coach. Um, only allowed three base runners, and then the UIC bullpen was shut down. Uh, it's not fun to lose to a crosstown rival, but how, do, how does Northwestern, you know, rebound from something like this? I think the key thing to note is that, no pun intended, key thing to note, USC is a good baseball team. They've, they took two out of three at Vanderbilt earlier this year. Vanderbilt was a top ten team while uh, when USC played them. And they're just a good team. Like, this is not, uh, people might think of UIC, they might think of the UIC basketball program. When Northwestern plays them, UIC basketball, a bit of a down stretch. But the baseball team is very good. And they recruit from all over the country. Keith's from Tennessee, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So. UIC just has a lot of talent, and losing, uh, obviously you don't want to lose these cross-Chicago uh, games, but 
I mean, three nothing. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think there's I, too I, many negatives to yeah, take. I, I think that he's a good pitcher, and Northwestern just lost. I thought the Wildcats pitching was solid in this one. Josh Davis, outside of that third inning where he had, a, you know, some trouble with the bases loaded, solid. Cooper Weatherby, one run, solid. Danny Katz was solid. Giving up three runs to UIC, I think, is a decent showing for Northwestern. Absolutely, yeah. Northwestern did, I think, play well on the defensive side of the ball in this game. But these these one-game series against non-conference opponents are big for the out-of-conference record. Because, I mean, if you tally them all up, you know, those games contribute a lot to your record more than you'd think. Northwestern is only, they're 8-19 and 19 right now. And they only have had played three conference games. They're 0-3 in conference. But these small, like, you know, the first UIC, Chicago State, Bradley, upcoming, Western Michigan upcoming, those games are going to matter for your overall record. And your overall record does, you know, implicate a lot of things, especially for recruiting, which is big. Because Spencer Allen, you know, he's he, I give him a lot of credit because he's trying to build this program from the ground up, essentially. He's, I think, doing a great job. He's recruited a really good freshman class. They're going to get experience throughout their four years. So I think the key is, you know, really, like, building for the future of this team. This is not going to be the year where they make a, a, a huge comeback from eight down 8-19, make a, you know, get a winning record, and then go to the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. This is really a build for the future year, get us experience, and get some more notches on our belt, and then, you know, in the, in the coming years, really go at it. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it on the head there, Bo. Um, a few more non-conference games left for Northwestern, but they turned their attention back to Big, Big Ten play. You know, they had a series at Indiana at home last weekend, I guess a week and a half ago, that they didn't do so well and lost three games. But now they welcome Iowa to Evanston, and a pretty accomplished team, 18-9 are the Hawkeyes. Who stands out uh, on this roster to you guys, I see a few players that are that have some pretty good stats. I mean, Jake Adams jumps off the page, eleven home runs on the season, slugging That's almost seven hundred. I mean, Northwestern as a team, I think a six something around there. So the fact that Adams has almost double Northwestern's entire team, I mean, shows you what kind of hitters. Not just a power guys batting three forty on the season. Other guys on Iowa, Ben Norman, Robert Newstrom, all batting above three forty. So much like Air Force, Iowa is a team that can get on base a lot. Team batting average of over two eighty, uh, and, and they're gonna and they get guys on base and they drive them in over twenty three home runs as a team. I'm not sure where that stacks up across the country, I'm but that's got to be right, pretty close. I'm looking it up right now to to one of the better uh, marks nationally. Um, seventy seven in the country out of about three hundred teams with twenty three. Wow. So maybe not as impressive, but still looks good. They're, uh, I'm looking to see if there's any good stats they have that are relevant. They're 28th in fielding percentage. Not that important. But uh, Jake Adams is fifth in the um, country with 11 home runs. I definitely have to give credit, a lot of credit, to the Iowa pitching staff. Um, there's multiple guys on there with you know more than one win. There's... You know, Shimp Kyle, Kyle Shimp, sorry, I'm reading it in with a comma. Uh, Nick Gallagher, Zach Daniels, 6 and 1 with a 3 8 1 ERA. I know 3 his, 8 1 is a little inflated, but still. His six wins are the most in the country yeah. so far. Iowa as a staff has a. Just wins. T- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Iowa as a staff has a 2.4 strikeout to walk ratio. So that means they're striking out essentially 2.5 as many times batters 
as they're walking. I mean, you know, that that's that's hard to go up against, especially with a Northwestern team that's still building a lot of its confidence. Going up against a strikeout staff such as this one's it's it's gonna be tough for them. And something of note is that I mean Iowa hits a lot of home runs, they also give up a lot of them. Uh, Iowa's given up 18 home runs on the season. Again, not sure where that ranks, but that's a lot. And that's, I think, that's, so in a windy place like Rocky and Bernie's Mill Park, we're just entering the beginning of April when the winds really start to kick in uh, on the shores of Lake Michigan. So if that jet stream out to left field uh, is coming back. to play as it did last year in the first year of Rocky and Bernie's Mill Park, you could and see a lot of home runs that this way. Weekend. It was that way in the Indiana series. And, and, and we've seen from all the only the second year of the new Rocky and Baroness Mill Park is that when that happens it really it anything really turns into a bandbox and it's yeah. like it feels like uh like the old Candlestick Park where any game can turn into just a barn burner because of the wind conditions. Yeah. Uh we mentioned Jake Adams, you know, very impressive in his home runs. He's also seventh in the country in RBIs per game with one point three seven. I'd say that's also pretty impressive from the big slugger. Anyone else in this lineup that, you know, looks really impressive to you from the Hawkeyes? You said Robert Newstrom is very very good. He's hitting over 350. He's got 30 RBIs on the season. That's a lot. No one on Northwestern is close to that. Yeah, and I think Ben Norman, too, uh, batting over 340, slugging over 450. But the stolen bases, I think, will be really important. He's 8 of 9 on steal attempts. It's something I noticed a lot calling the game on uh, in the first game on Saturday in the 11-3 loss is that Northwestern's pitchers, Tommy Bordignon, was spending a lot of time checking on the Air Force runners. and They did it at UIC, too. I think it's just a team-wide philosophy, no matter who's on base. But I think that, I mean, just my personal thinking is that I don't like, I don't like that too much. I don't like the over-checking of guys on base. It takes your focus away from what really matters, and that's what's going on behind the plate. And Tom, it looked like Tommy Bordignon was spending a lot of his time and attention uh, watching that in that game. So legendary South Jersey baseball coach Dave Martin uh, has a a, fam- a lot of famous Martinisms, as he calls them. Actually, his you know his assistants call them, but his most famous is you're gonna throw over to first base, then you're gonna throw over to first base, then you're gonna throw over some more, and you're gonna keep doing it until you're running poles after the game. So basically. His philosophy, and this, I played for him, so you know I, I had to share this philosophy, uh, was basically you throw over a lot because you want to keep the runners, firstly you want to keep them in the game because it's very easy for base runners to kind of, their their mind to kind of wander when you're on, because it's like, oh, I got a hit. You know, I, I, I don't really have to care anymore. So th- throwing over really keeps them in check. It also keeps the possibility of them stealing a lot lower and it makes life a lot easier for your catcher. I understand I understand you want to focus on the batter as a pitcher, but it does help to keep the the base runners also in check. Um, I th- I base running base running is an undervalued part of the game sometimes. I think that's definitely fair. I just I guess the one thing that my compromise I guess is that they they just can't let it get into their heads. It's great to keep those runners on and they definitely yeah. don't want to give up free bases and I like their cautious approach. But I think too often, you know, I saw this yesterday when there was a wild pitch from Josh Davis because he was trying too hard to keep a guy on second. Like, just just try to focus on the at-bat once you're done throwing over. Anyways, predictions for this weekend, guys. A, a talented Iowa team coming to Evanston. Last week we were both uh, of our podcasters, Matt McHugh and Joe Wilkinson, nailed two wins out of three for Northwestern and picked the back two games of the series. I don't know if we'll be as sage. 
I I think Northwestern can take one of these games. I mean, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to give them more than that. I mean, Iowa's a I really think good one, team. I think one game should be the goal for Northwestern in yeah. Big Ten play. Iowa's 18-9 and nine this season. As we said, they've got a lot of really good players. Uh, but I do think that, I mean, the bullpen's going to be up against it, uh, obviously depending on what the starting staff does. But if their performance over this past weekend and yesterday was any indication, maybe they're turning a corner a bit, especially the freshmen. So we'll see if the bullpen can just keep... I mean, you're at home. If the bullpen can just keep them in games going down into the ninth inning or maybe into another extra inning affair, you really have the advantage as the I, home team. So, I have to go. So I have the forecast up for this weekend, <laughs> and it is beautiful. I am going to be spending a lot of my time outside because we don't get this a lot, especially early spring in Chicago. I think Northwestern, I agree with you, I think they pull out one of these games. I don't think they win the series just because, or they might, you never know. I don't think they will, though, because I think Iowa has – a lot more like they they're a very ox- ex- explosive offensive team like Air Force but the thing is Air Force I think their numbers are a little bit inflated because of th- their park and where they're located I don't think Iowa's are as much and I think their pitching staff is really good so that might keep Northwestern in check but I think Northwestern pulls out mm, I'm going to say Friday's game I think they're going to I think they're going to get some momentum going into this weekend and pull out Friday's game I think they drop Saturday and Sunday uh, because it's gonna be nicer weather, I was gonna hit the ball around a little bit. Weather analysis is next level. Yeah, on the, on the baseball podcast, <laughs> we've got stats, not about baseball, about the weather. <laughs> you heard it here first. Sounds like we're both predicting. You you're both predicting one game for Northwestern. I think that'll be what happens. Uh, we'll have all three games on the air for WNR Sports. Uh, after those three, Northwestern next week will host Western Michigan and Bradley in those single non-conference games. We won't discuss them here, but, you know, we'll also have those on the air. Um, Thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks a lot, Bo. Uh, This has been another great episode of Northwestern Baseball Podcast. And now we have an interview with Spencer Allen. Hey, Coach. Uh, Good to be back with you again for third straight week. Um, Let's start off by talking about that Air Force series. You know, overall... What does it mean to win two games against a very talented offensive team? Yeah, yeah, Air Force. Uh, they are they're sneaky with, with, with their bats. They they can uh, they can swing it. They're a good offensive team, and and uh, yeah, so it, it always feels good to to get a series win. And and I think the way that we did it, we had some uh, some freshmen on the mound who we've talked about in the past on, on the podcast, but. Uh, We've been screaming for some consistency, and and we've got we got that out of uh, two of our guys, and Matt Gannon uh, and, and Josh Levy. This weekend was was just huge to keep that team to uh, to two runs uh, to give us you know the opportunity to to come and win that game late was was great to see. Um, but yeah, it felt good to get a series win. Uh, <clears throat> starting with the second game of Saturday's doubleheader. Uh, you guys were down 6-0 in this one. You eventually came back. You know, what was the message to the guys? You guys have shown a lot of fight back at times this season. Specifically, what were you saying, you know, and how do you orchestrate something like that? Uh, you know, I, I think to be honest with you, it, it really didn't have anything to do with uh, with what we were saying. I, I think the, the, the play that really started that comeback was we, we turned kind of a funky double play where Joe Hoshite threw a guy out at the plate uh and then uh, jack clays which we were always talking about uh, continued to to play the game he he tagged the guy out continued to play the game and threw the guy out at third base 
you know, if, if they score that run right there and everyone's safe, they probably score a couple more runs. I mean, the, the, the game's over. And so uh, I think from that, really, for if you look at the game from that moment on, um, we, we, that, that's where, that, that's what won us the, the series. Um, so, so that, I think that those are the things that it, it's not so much about what we're saying. It's just what guys did out on the field really gave us some energy. Um, you mentioned strong freshman pitching on Sunday, but a really good relief performance from Sam Lawrence, another freshman in this game uh, on Saturday, uh, you know, take us through his performance, and then also a good relief showing from Pete Hoffman too. Yeah, but, but both uh, that was when when we we pulled guys up. Uh, that's the first thing that I I pointed out of, uh, you know, in any comeback, <laughs> there there has to be someone who kind of stops the 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 scoring, and and Pete and Sam put up zeros, which were huge. And, and again, I, I that's Sam's second outing in a row. Uh, where he was consistent, where he he pounded the zone, and again we 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 talk about it. They they weren't perfect, uh, but they made pitches when uh, when we needed, and and you know followed up by some great defensive plays. Um, yeah, it, it was it, that was that was fun to watch, and is encouraging moving on into uh, you know our series coming up with Iowa. And you know you just chipped away at, chipped away at it inning by inning, but once it was tied. Jake Schieber's game-winning RBI at bat was really weird. What was going on with that play where he he seems like he got hit? I haven't seen anything like that before in a long time. Yeah, you know that 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 rule. It's a tough rule, and and, and Jake, you know, when especially when he gets two strikes, he gets really close to the plate, and. Again, I, I feel like we've been in this situation a lot where it, it looks like all of a sudden we're going to get our break and, you know, the umpire calls him back. And, and, and again, in one of those, those spots, um, it, it's a complete judgment call. There, there, there's no way that it's getting reversed. Uh, really, you know, you're, you're going out there as a coach to just give uh, give time for hopefully to, to Jake to kind of settle down because he, he's, you know, he, he has to hit, you know, that, that, that call's not getting overturned. And, um, so it, it just showed a lot, not just from, from Jake, but just our team of, uh, what it takes in, in those spots to, okay, we don't get the break. We don't get the call. Um, and, and then he comes back and gets the hit. That's just, uh, it was huge. It was a huge moment. Moving on to the second game that you won in the series, third game of the series. I know you talked about it earlier, but this was actually a very defensive game the whole way through. And you mentioned that two freshmen had done so well. Particularly, how did Josh Levy go six straight innings out of the bullpen and just really pitched well? Yeah, I, I mean, he, he had three pitches going. His slider, uh, uh, Air Force was a predominantly right-handed hitting team, and his slider was just really, really good. Um, and, and, and again, it, it take there, there's some big plays, you know, again, Joe Hoshite coming up, cutting the ball off, kind of bouncing off the, 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 the fence and, and throwing a guy out at, at second base again, which would have been a leadoff double. Um, him erasing that just gave us opportunities. I think we turned one, maybe two double plays um, that, that were just just huge. And, and when you get those types of plays, it but it starts with, with guys executing pitches to induce those double plays. Um, th- those are just big, big plays that give you an opportunity to come back. And obviously the play of the game, Connerlin's walk-off home run. Yeah. Um, you know, what was just your point of view on that play? What happened? <laughs> well, the funny thing is I, I was in the dugout. You know, we, we had used up a lot of guys. And, and so I, I, I literally, 
I leaned over to J.R. Reimer, who was a position player last year, and, and, and I said, uh, hey, J.R., if, if, uh, if, if Connor gets on, if he gets a single, can, can you run? Because you know, J.R. is faster than, than Connor. Literally two seconds later, home run. <laughs> so it, 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 was, it was a fun moment um, because, you, you know, you, you're just, and that's when it happens, right? You're, you're not thinking, you're thinking he's going to draw a walk. You're thinking he's going to get a single. Uh, again, Connor has not hit a homer in his career, so you, you, you're, you're just not thinking home run right there. But uh, what a what a fun moment, and and uh, just it, it's cool to be a part of. And then overall for the series, um, one thing that I thought was also great: Jack Dunn had a really strong series. Yeah, how important for him just to you know we've been talking about his turnaround. It really felt like this weekend was was there for him. Yeah, yeah. For him, just using the middle of the field, it was great to see. I mean, when he's going good, he's getting line drives, ground balls up the middle, and he got that this past weekend. And so that was that was good to see. And I think just more than anything, his confidence. You know, you could just see he lights up a little bit more, and he's he's really the the the. the, the the energy of our team you know he, he just gives us kind of our spark plug so uh, it was great to see for Jack personally but for our team as well so move, moving on from the Air Force series two wins out of three you guys go to play UIC on the road third time this season tough matchup the, the pitching was really strong on both sides in this one What's your main takeaway from from this game? Yeah, the you know, biggest takeaway, and we talked about it as a team, is is you, you have to uh, the game of baseball can really be dictated um, whether it's fields, whether it's the weather, and you, we have to be versatile enough to win games uh, in different ways. You know, sometimes I mean, there's you would have had to hit the ball five times to to get it out or to hit a double. Uh, just because the ball was not carrying, wind was blowing in, and 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 UIC's field is, is with the new turf they put in is really slow, and so that those are the things that that we talked about, uh, and, and we talk about them in the fall that you know hitting balls you know high in the air they're they're just not going to go anywhere, um, so we have to the, the bunt game becomes huge, the walk becomes big, the hit by pitch, and when you look at it, they I think they walked us or hit, maybe hit us once and walked us twice uh, and, and we walked them a little bit more which a big hit by pitch ended up being kind of the difference of that that game and so um, I, I think the, the takeaways is that hey we, we, we pounded the zone we threw strikes um, but offensively we have to find ways to um, score runs when you can't get a ball in the gap and uh, we, we had a chance to take an early lead right around third base less than one out and and we struck out and that that just um, in, in, in with those situations that's how you you lose those games and the pitcher you were facing at the start is USC's talented freshman Jacob Key this is the third time you guys have seen him all season but you know why was it so hard just at least against him specifically. Yeah, you know, usually when you, you face a guy, and we, we had it for about a two-inning stretch against Jacob when he was here where he lost the zone a little bit, he was up in the zone, and, when, you know, when, when, when you have those opportunities, you got to strike. And, you got, and we, we scored some runs on him, but um, he, he's just, he's good. He, he, he commands three pitches, he, he'll throw... Uh, the 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 pitch the right on right changeup which people say you know <laughs> you never throw but can have a, a really uh, good effect on on right handed hitters and he just pounds the the, the zone with with those three pitches and um, I, it's one of those things you, you don't often see guys 
uh, execute, you know, at that as a freshman, you know, and, and he just he did a great job. And, and it's 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 frustrating as his coaches to get beat, you know, because you, you you know what he's going to do. But but when he goes out and executes it, uh, you know, all the credit to him did a great job. Wrapped up a, a season series with USC. No game on Wednesday because of the weather. But now should be three games in three days yeah. against Iowa. I know you're happy about that. What a concept. Uh, <laughs> You know, just heading back into Big Ten play. What are your overall? What's your overall focus heading into the weekend? He, you know, I, I threw it out for the guys. It, this is this is a, a season changing series. It really is. I mean, you 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 have to look at if we're trying to make the, the Big Ten tournament, we got to get to twelve wins. You know, you, you start counting down the series. Um, you know, twelve is kind of the magic number that you're you're looking for. Um, you, you have to <laughs> try to find those those wins and, and, and at home, you know, opening up, you know, with Indiana and, and then letting, you know, a couple games get away there. Um, th- this is this is the series, not to say we have to win the series, uh, but we have to put ourselves in a position where we get those 12 wins. And, um, you know, the, the guys are unbelievably fired up for this weekend. They, they understand the, the importance. Uh, pretty talented team, both sides. Uh, eighteen and nine are is Iowa. One player that really stood out to me is Adams. He's got eleven home runs, I believe. You faced players before at home that have been capable of the long ball, just talented hitters. What's the strategy going to be like again when when you see a very talented lineup? Yeah, I, I think that the key anytime you you, you face a um, uh, a guy that can that can change a series. You know, and, and uh, I, I think for, for us, we, we just want to make sure that when we face Adams, he, he's got, you know, nobody on base. <laughs> and, and to where we can dictate a little bit, because again, solo home runs don't hurt you. It's, it's the walk in front of the, uh, or the hit by pitch in, in front that puts two guys on, boom, and where you have to pitch to them. The, those are the situations that we're, we're trying to, to avoid. And then, again, I mean, like any hitter, if, if you can execute pitches and, 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 you know, really get the count leverage to where you know, he's hitting on your terms, um, even great hitters, uh, you, you can get out. <laughs> but, 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 again, we, we, we get in situations where we have to pitch to them. Uh, that's not fun to be in. Hitting-wise, before last week, uh, you said to look out one of the players was Jack Dunn. He came through. Mm-hmm. You know, who in particular are you looking out to just step up behind the plate this weekend? Well, I, you know, I, I think it, it's really we, we, we just have to get a group of, of guys. And I, I think Alex Arrow has been pretty consistent. Um, Matt Hoffner and Joe Hoshite, we, we need that, that top to – we need to all be clicking at the same time. Not that they all need to be hitting 600 on the, on the series, but we just need that consistency around 300, mixing in some walks, mixing in some, some just quality at-bats. And, and, again, it's going to come down to, you know, situational hitting if, if, we're, if we're doing our jobs, you know, and, and that's, that's what – if we're in those situations, I, I, th- I like our guys – uh, Matt Hopner, Joe Hoshite coming up in those situations. Not where we necessarily need to hit, but where we need a, a ball and play hard somewhere. I think they're going to get the, the job done. There's no doubt in my mind. So it, it, I don't know if it's I can put my finger on one guy. It's just as, as a group, we need to all be clicking. And lastly, pitching-wise, you know, what do you expect from your group this weekend? Uh, outside of game one last week, Thought it was a very good weekend for the staff, and then you know a solid Wednesday. 
appearance. What are you looking for again, just against Iowa? A good offensive lineup all the way through. Yeah, I, I think that if we eliminate one inning, really, on from the Air Force weekend, and, and so what, what I'm looking for, both pitching and defensively, is can we eliminate the one inning? Hey, was going to get their runs. They're, they're going to get their runs. But if we can eliminate a 7-8 run inning, you know, you eliminate that for Air Force, and hey, you've you've got pretty good <laughs> baseball all around, and that's that's really what what we're trying to do. We, you know, I'll be honest, we we need a special performance out of Tommy, um, and, and and I think he's got that in him, and, and I think he's up to the task to just really set the set the rotation for the weekend. All right, sounds good. Uh, three games this weekend coming against Iowa. We'll have them all on WR. Thanks a lot, Coach. As always, come on out. Bye.